Hello, and welcome to the Revelation On Demand podcast, the only eschatology podcast I know of that's done by amateur theologians. Today, I am joined by Hess, as usual, and I am J.D. Myers. How are you doing today, buddy? Uh, it's, you know, we are taking an early start to our morning, you as well, yep. and um, this is my favorite time of day, so God's already blessing me with this overwhelming sense of uh, you know, a calling to this. Oh yeah, uh, it's and, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely, it was not that hard to wake up this morning, even though you know I woke up at my usual time, and that could have a lot to do with it. But I, I definitely was looking forward to doing this, so I'm I'm glad that we're here and trying to share God's word and what we think God's trying to say to us in these troubling times. So speaking of troubling times, what's been going on in the world? The notorious RG RBG. Ruth Gator, ah, sorry. Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I always, I don't know why, I always call her Ruth Gator Ginsburg. It's just like a slip, but uh, she oh. passed away. So, yeah, I don't know. But she passed away, which is kind of sad. And I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what you think about her, but she was, uh, she was quite a phenomenal Supreme Court justice. She's one of the first ladies in the Supreme Court, and mm-hmm. she was Chief justice. She was she was tough. So uh, whether you agree completely with how she ruled, that's that's not up for debate, you know. But she was definitely. I really hope that uh, she she was a Jew. So I hope she had a chance to accept Jesus Christ before passing. But who knows. Uh, so uh, that's that's created some turmoil with an open seat in the house and or in the uh, oh gosh I just said it and I forgot it they they could be using definitely in the Senate they can uh, I mean just it, oh, hey, you, you can't say it at the Supreme Court <laughs> oh okay I was yeah. like it's been creating turmoil everywhere and you know whether it's been representatives in the house or uh. Senate majority, majority leaders, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, um, we it's get a lot of talk from more, all these different figures. Yeah, it's just another political bombshell that blew up. And, of course, that was... We also had the first presidential debate, you know, on the tail of that, which I didn't watch most of it. And I got to admit, I really wasn't impressed with the, you know, it was like tit-for-tat playground argument that was going on so i don't know i you get two elderly gentlemen gentlemen which um no disrespect to any of our elderly listeners Uh, however when you get two of these uh you know guys that are part of the geriatric community and let's just say that you put them in the same room for you know an hour they might get along right well, they've been in that same room for how many months now and how many months to come? Uh, you know, just a little over a month now. But, I mean, you get what I mean. Like, this, yeah, <laughs> there's no, a lot of shared time where they're like, you know what, I'm starting to get pet peeves about you. I already had pet peeves about you. You know, back and forth, just. Yeah, no, and it's it's just tiresome and kind of showing where we are in the world today. It just, people are so polarized, they they can't sit down and talk and you know, hash out the important things. It's always a knockdown, drag out fight if you don't agree. Which you know, for us libertarian-minded people in the middle, are just watching this back and forth. Like, guys, this is ridiculous. Yes, I'm not going to advertise. Uh, I, I do find it ridiculous. I'm not going to advertise whatsoever for a specific candidate, and not. And I'm not going to tell you who you need to vote for. But uh, we do encourage people to go out and vote or find the most reasonably safe way to vote. Um, yeah. it, you know, just due to the circumstances in the world right now. Uh, yeah. But that's something that's across the board important, right? Yeah, no. And we all need to We all need to be doing that regardless of what celebrity yeah, tells you or not. It's our God-given right. And it's the greatest thing about being an American is having a chance to vote in the way this country goes. So... It's a really important to vote, and again, we're not gonna we're not gonna post for one candidate or other. We've talked personally about who we're voting for, but we're not gonna bring that into our show because we know there's people who would get mad about that. So we're just gonna, 
you know, abstained from saying that. If you've if you followed us, I'm sure, like on Facebook, you know who we're voting for because we're not like super candidate about it, but we're just not bringing that up here. Anyways. Yeah, ultimately, the the Lord's guiding us today. So why don't we redirect back onto that train? Right, we seriously right. should bring up a, a a political podcast sometime or a political commentary. Anyway, yeah. Right. So, uh, wouldn't you, uh, so uh, JD, would you like to tell us about what extra life is and yes. um, the reason why you've been reaching out to uh, some of your Facebook friends like me on um, you know backing this organization? Yeah. Known so- as Extra Life is a fundraiser for the Children Miracle Network hospitals, and what it is all about is people do these gaming events and try and raise money through gaming and other stuff like that for the Children Miracle Network hospitals. So our local hospital here is Children's Hospital of Colorado, which is a massive hospital down in Denver and one of the best hospitals in in the country. So what we're doing is, as a youth group, I am leading the teenagers in a fundraising mission to see if we can raise money for this, and they will get rewards as we pass certain milestones. So it's just one of those things that uh, I'm working on, and if God feels, or if God moves you to donate, that would be much appreciated. Even five bucks will go a long way to making it to our goal, so... That's, that's what Extra Life is. And then on the topic of games, there's a new board game out called Deliverance. It's or it's not out, sorry. Excuse me. It's not even in the fundraising. They're just in pre-production right now. Uh, it's called Deliverance, and I will have a link in the show notes or in the notes that you find on your podcast app. And this game is about you're playing as the Archangels after... Uh, Jesus is hung on the cross and is resurrected. And in this game, the end times come right after that. So it's kind of a fantasy game where you play as an archangel fighting demons in the end times. So I figured since it's like eschatology-themed dungeon-crawling card game, I had to you know bring it to you guys real quick because I plan to back it and get when it... It does finally come out because me and my wife love playing board games like this so it's just it, it was really fitting the theme was so i had to mention it you know i'm your host jd myers and i'm a nerd <laughs> yeah well that's that's the whole reason i even started the idea of a podcast is because i was listening to nerdy podcasts and i was like hey what if oh, I, really? you know, no, yeah, it was because I, I was listening to uh, Christian Geek Central since he dropped my name on his podcast. I'm going to drop his name on my podcast, even though we don't have, you know, near the impact he does. But Pater, I've been listening to him for a while since I became a Christian, and he was part of the reason that I was like, hey, I think I can do this podcasting thing. And several times there was things that he said that I felt like God was trying to say to me directly, so... And that's oh. this whole idea of trying say something that God's trying to say to someone. And what I found actually kind of interesting side note is that God talks to me through my own podcast. So it's kind of like this this meta shift. It's kind of inception. <laughs> it's inception. Yeah. Okay, praise God. I love it. Uh, okay, so we are talking prayer marches next. And um, I'm not going to dive 300% into this. I've done my research on it. And the best way to just tell you about prayer marches is just stay informative. So the biggest prayer march that we saw recently, not too long ago, was at the Washington Memorial. And it was called the D.C. Prayer March. It was also just known as Prayer March 2020. You might have seen it on TV being advertised. Um, a lot of these prayer marches are going, around, uh, going on all across the U.S. Um, and their prayer, they're marching. They're doing public worship. All sorts of interesting stuff that's been going on with that. Um, is it worth investing in? Is it worth partaking in? Uh you know, play at your own risk. Uh, that's my only advice. But um, 
that's the only that's the only negative thing I could I guess I could throw at Jesus. You know, just just be safe because we do still live in a pandemic. But at the same time, um, that might just be my own two cents. Yeah. These prayer marches are very interesting. You know, they're popping up all over the place. Major cities, uh, Chicago, L.A., uh, and as I was mentioning, D.C. Um, and they, they're actually, you know, police forces are coming out from the mayors and the politicians because they're like, you need to shut this protest down more effectively than we didn't for the uh, other protests that were going on. And... Um, you know, most of the time, these law enforcement guys are just, you know, they're, of what I've heard, they're pretty relieved. They're just like, oh, it's a prayer march. We don't expect anything to become of this other than people making music and conversing with one another. But, you know, there's always politics into that. Uh, and yeah. on a positive politics side, and I promise we're going to avoid <laughs> doing too much politics on here, um, the vice president actually came out for the the 2020 prayer march in dc at the washington memorial or the washington uh you know the the reflection lake yeah that's the reflection pond lake that actually Mm -hmm. shows you the reflection of the washington memorial uh depending on what angle you look at it from anyway if you know what i'm talking about he actually showed up and thanked everyone so yeah and and mr pence is a really pious man he's uh he kind of was part of the reason that I came to the same uh, conclusion on not being left in a room with a woman who's not your wife sort of thing. And it's just, I understand why he does it because it's all about optics. If he's seen, you know, with someone who's not his wife alone, then the rumor mills would just explode. And I, I understand his, you know, hesitance on that and i really respect the man as a man of god before being a politician you know so yeah so um and on another note with that i i kind of feel like i'm not going to try and get your hopes up too much but i feel like there's a chance that we are coming back around to being a god-fearing nation now i still feel like there's a a, a time of of persecution coming but i i just i see these little hints in the culture that maybe we are coming back around to being god a god-fearing nation fully so i'm just will, being hopeful. Uh, the only debate i have with that is i believe that we are always god-fearing that that doesn't dissipate whatsoever and it's because we're god-fearing that people go to drastic measures like this because everyone either wants to acknowledge the existence of God or they combat it. And that's why you end up with a lot of these heinous situations yeah. in, in crime and all that. Anyway. Uh, okay. So we need to, we need to get this train rolling. I mean, <laughs> I, I love how this is going so far, but yeah, for right. sure we do need to be getting back on the, on the scripture. Yeah. Uh, at least for right now, then we yeah. can talk about, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, of course. So uh, we'll go over what happened last episode for anyone who wasn't here. We It was the seven seals and the first four trumpets that sounded. So would you like to go over what the trumpets did? Yes. So uh, basically the seventh seal is the actual... Um, so they mentioned <laughs> it briefly, what it would mean in the last... The, the chapter previous to this one, we were building up toward the seventh seal to be opened by uh, the Lion of Judah on the scroll that resides in the center of the throne room of heaven, where there's 24 elders and throne of God. Does that all make sense? That means you've yeah, been reading yeah. or catching up to this point. Well, there's a scroll, and it had seven seals on it, seven different cataclysmic things that were to happen to uh, humanity, spirituality, and now the Earth. The Earth in the seventh seal, and the first of four trumpets, these trumpets, were um, all sounded. This, um, You'll know what I mean here in a sec. So, out of the four trumpets, the first trumpet signified that the world would be rained down on by fire, and a third of vegetation was burnt up. And that's not just your big, you know, dinner vegetables. 
that's also your um, your trees and everything and that that caused you know you can only imagine what a third of deleting all the vegetation on the earth is and that was uh, from some incense bowl that uh this angel brought to god anyway yeah, um just, just a side <laughs> note like we think the fires right now are bad could you imagine if a third of the vegetation on the earth was on fire oh gosh <laughs> unbelievably so yes carrying so on. That's the first of four trumpets that we're going to be talking about very briefly here. The second trumpet, and they all have a similar theme. It has to do with cataclysmic events on Earth, right? Um, the great mountain in the sea causing havoc. Okay, so yeah. So there's basically the mountains were going to be brought down into the sea. We've been talking about this, right? Well, there's a specific great mountain that actually resides in the sea and it starts causing havoc and pretty much deletes, gets rid of, kills a third of sea life. A, a third of sea life could also, I mean, if we don't, if we're able to breathe after the third of vegetation being gone, imagine what another third of sea life is going to do, right? Yeah. You're talking about severe depletion of resources and stuff. And, um, yeah, I'll get on to something here real quick. Uh, and that is, you got to think about how spiritually reliant we are on survival as well during this time. Anyone who, not we per se, uh, Christians will be gone from the earth at this point. This is mainly for the sinners and people who have refused and rejected the meaning of God and Jesus Christ into the life that are going to be here during this time. Um, okay. So the third trumpet, there's an asteroid impact by Wormwood. Uh, yeah. So Wormwood is the name of the asteroid. There's an asteroid that breaks up to the Earth, and a third of water, a third of the water, like not just the ocean, but like rivers and everything, becomes bitter. The chemical balance, you know, is completely thrown off by the uh, molecular structure of this asteroid. And it just, you know, starts making all of our water Bad. Uh, untappable, unusable, right? Un unpotable is the correct term. But yeah, it, it makes it, it says bittered, which, and then it says it makes everyone who drinks it sick. So it's not good for humans. It's not good for animals. It's not good for plants. So it's, it just, it's uh, killing water probably something in the vein of arsenic or something like that being released into a water supply. Oh, okay. That totally explains it all the much more for me. Thank you. Uh, and the last of the four trumpets, just so we can get a move on with this, is absolute darkness for a third of the day. So basically, whatever planetary shift, however we're working this out, uh, you know, a third of the day is going to be darkness. It's not just nighttime. It's <laughs> yeah, a lot more time. This this could also be if you know that that great mountain in the sea is a volcano as well. Some people you know theorize, then uh, that darkness could just be coming about from all the ash, from the burning vegetation and the volcano and the asteroid impact. So that could also black out the sunlight for a third of the world at least. You know, that makes total sense. So yes, so that's just our that's just our synopsis. The last episode, if you're still wondering what I'm talking about, this is just what's happening in the Bible in Revelations, the Book of Revelations, or Revelation, in the last chapter before the one we're about to read. Yes. Uh, this is a quick note, though we we usually do this real quick segment before we get started on the reading, and it's what did we miss talking about last episode? Yeah, just in the last episode, I was joking about how well if you're listening to this it must not have been the second coming this year because last time we recorded we recorded right before the feast of trumpets and as i mentioned last time that's when people theorize if or not if when christ comes it'll probably be during the feast of second trumpets so i'm saying this must not have been the year and uh and then i have this quote is like or is it because there's another thing that satan has been trying to frustrate the dates of the events since the beginning so my question is 
well, it could still be this year. You know, 2020 has been so hectic and disruptive. We could easily still see the second coming of Christ. So do we have the dates right? You know, it's just one of those things you can kind of question. I mean, I, I trust that people have gone back and done their due diligence and, and really recorded out when the day should have been. But if somehow Satan slipped in during the, the process of writing and just tweaked something a little bit after thousands of years, it could have, it could be a widely, a wildly different day. So this is where it comes back to, we will shall not know the day or the hour, you know? So, yes, I totally agree with that. And as my own theologian, I was just going to bring that up. We don't know for sure, but you know, as humans, and we have this information, we're going to make something of it, right? Right, so right. And I, I try to predict. Yeah, and I, I put my flag down on 2060, the day of the trumpet, the Feast of Trumpets. So that's that's my great prediction, but that's, that's 40 years of the future, so how many people are going to hold me to it? <laughs> I will. Okay. I can affirm that. I, I will make sure to remember that. I'll mark today on my calendar and be like, hey, For so last years. week, 40 years ago... Uh, at least someone's going to hold me accountable to that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, All right. Why don't we get a reading on the scripture? Why don't we, huh? Yep. Yep. If you'd be so kind to do that. Yeah. So we are on Revelation chapter 9. And this is verse 1. And thereafter. <clears throat> then the fifth angel sounded his trumpet. And I saw a star that had fallen from heaven to earth, and it was given the key to the pit of the abyss. The star opened the pit of the abyss, and smoke rose out of it like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke from the pit. And out of the smoke, locusts descended on the earth. And they were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or any tree, but only those who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. The locusts were not given power to kill them, but only to torment them for five months. And their torment was like the stinging of a scorpion. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will escape them. And the locusts looked like horses prepared for battle, with something like crowns of gold on their heads and faces like the faces of men. They had hair like that of women and teeth like those of lions. They also had thoraxes like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the roar of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails with stingers like scorpions, which had the power to injure people for five months. They were ruled by a king, the angel of abyss, the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in Greek, it is Apollyon. FYI. The first woe has passed. Behold, Two woes are still to follow. Then the sixth trumpet. No, excuse me. Then the sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel with the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the uh, for the uh, this hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind <clears throat> and the number of mounted troops was 200 million i heard their number now the horses and riders in my vision looked like this the riders had breastplates the colors of fire sapphire and sulfur the heads of the horses were like heads of lions, and out of their mouths proceeded fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by 
three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that proceeded from their mouths. For the power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, indeed. Their tails were like snakes, having heads with which to inflict harm. Now the rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, still did not repent of the works of their hands. They did not stop seeking worship, worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Furthermore, they did not repent on their murder, sorcery, sexual immorality, or theft. Ooh, wow, that's heavy stuff. Really, really heavy stuff. So, <laughs> my heart skipped a few beats, so my, my eyes were going all over the place. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff. And luckily, as Christians, we shouldn't be around for this. But as you heard, the people who are sealed are in this. So we'll get to that when we, when we talk about that. So starting with the fifth uh-huh. trumpet. Uh, the first four seals are God's judgment being brought down upon the earth, and these, and the last three seals were about going to heaven, and the last three trumpets will be off of what happens in hell. So in heaven, on earth, and below it. So we're getting this repetition. John uses this this three pattern repetition where heaven, earth, and below it, and sometimes he goes heaven below it, earth. He, he changes it up, but he uses this three pattern repetitively when he's trying to make a point about something in his other works. So we see that here. Uh, the star, it says, uh, it talks about the star as a person. So this is most likely a fallen angel from heaven. So uh, not 100% sure if it's the devil or just one of his henchmen, but it refers to him, the star as very personal pronouns. So we know it's not like a celestial body it's actually some sort of being uh okay so is that all the info we have about that though oh no i have more on that (laughs) i was just getting into if he's a good or bad angel and uh i think it's a bad angel and here's why because god is not the author evil and it's referred to as a fallen which is often used with people who rebel against god and then uh, satan is not omniscient and he thinks he can still beat god at this so this very much sounds like satan is trying to open up hell and release himself and his henchmen from hell to rule over the earth so i omniscient omniscient real quick though that means what exactly uh, that's all knowing yeah all knowing and of course the only thing the only thing ever referred to in scripture is omniscient is god so uh right. satan wants to be like god he wants to be god so he thinks he can he can change the script but he doesn't have the power to do so even though he is one of the highest orders of angels he is still not as powerful as god so I, it just sounds like this angel, whether it was, uh, there. there's a lot of people who think it's a good angel because it's carrying out God's will of judgment upon the earth. And yeah, it is ultimately, but remember, God brings all things, good from all things. So even if it is a diabolical plan, God is going to make good from it. So this angel more than likely is evil that is trying to carry out Satan's ultimate plan, but in in the in doing so, he is bringing about God's will. So, okay, so I mean that that would kind of conjoin him into this, um, into the world-ending narrative. Yeah, yeah, and uh, then we talk about the bottomless pit, which is what he is opening up, and uh, the bottomlessness is just a symbol of just the darkest, the deepest, the the furthest away from God you can be, the lowest point in all creation. So this is very much the same idea of the grave and Hades and those eternally separated from God. So this is where we, we get a, we start talking in depth about the underworld in Revelation. 
So when when we talk about the abyss, this is just the lowest point. And then from the abyss comes the locust. Uh, more than likely, this is not like literal locusts because there's a lot of defining features about them that it, it makes it hard to just say this is a literal swarm of locusts. It's more than likely, uh, if you watch like zombie movies or stuff like that, where you see like a swarm of zombies just swarming over the terrain and, and just like attacking something or... Uh, there was there was this movie I watched. It was about a zombie flick in Israel, and the zombies oh. were like swarming up that Great Wall. <laughs> I know what movie you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. I think it's World <laughs> War Z. Uh, yeah. But anyways, it's just this is when they say they swarmed like lo they were locusts in the sense that they were swarming. So this is a, a mass number of demons that are sweeping out over the earth, and uh, unlike the army we're going to see in a little bit. These guys can't hurt anyone, so uh, and they can not torment the ones who are sealed. So this is where we see the people who were sealed from oh, what, that was Seal 5, I think, or 6, one of those two, where the, the 144,000 who were sealed. So we see those guys again. So this is where it's really hard to place this canonically. Or chronologically, because we see people mentioned in several scenes, so we know at least this seal in the corresponding or this the corresponding seal and this trumpet are happening about the same time because it's referring to the people who were sealed. So they are that seal happened right before this trumpet to some extent, you know. So this is where we pick up those clues where we can get an idea of how this all came about. So do you have any questions yet that maybe our listeners might have? Okay, so yeah, speaking of that chronology, so we talked about last episode and the episode before that and the episode maybe before that, um, that there's these sinners that, or these sinners or, um, so to speak, souls that are people of, that have passed from sheer torture and torment in the earth, whether they were, you know, what, whatever the case may be. Um, and they call out to God below his throne of like certain things. Oh, I don't know. Martyrs. Like you know, the martyrs, especially yes, the martyrs. Well, I should say specifically. Um, yeah. There's these martyrs that call out to God to avenge them to give them vengeance because they were tortured in such a way and basically that whether it's an extension of their soul or their soul directly is constantly begging to the god you know please just enact on these people that have wronged us throughout the years and that comes shortly here before this event the actual calling of all the trumpets and what that begging from the martyrs did signified it was time to open the seventh deal and during that time frame between one sometime after one and six is when most people believe the actual rapture to happen does yeah. that does that point make sense of yeah. what we most commonly whether you grew up in the 80s or you know we're around the left behind series at any point that's when most people commonly believe that the the all the um, antichrist has is already here, um, the four horsemen are already here, blah blah blah. But the rapture hasn't happened until sometime before Earth's true destruction. Right, right, and uh, so carrying on with that, and we have this line here that says they they were seeking death and they could not find it for the torture was so great. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, these these uh, the people who are on Earth. This is this is a really sad thing. Uh, these people who cannot die, but are being tortured and still refuse to repent and you know see God for all His glory. They think death will bring them an escape when it'll just bring about their eternal torment beyond what they're dealing with now. Because if they die and they have not accepted Christ, then they 
get sent to hell, which is the eternal separation from God. So we, yeah. we have this, this false hope where death will bring release and it doesn't. And that's one of the lies that the devil can use to tell people that, Oh, death will be sweet release. And it won't be it. If you, unless you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you know, so. right. And that internal torment too. They, um, we brought up earlier, is disguised in so many different ways. It's not always just a bunch of people being whipped or, you know, like there's giant fires burning around these people that are just slaving for the devil. Yeah. Uh, in some cases, there's literally time, mind, and space altering things that'll happen to these people spiritually, physically, and emotionally that yeah. will cause them to end up bringing to a demise where they're out of their own mind. Mm-hmm. And this is this goes back a little bit to the Left Behind series, and they can't actually differentiate whether or not they want to repent at that point. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah. Like an overdose, or um, is I, I, it would be the closest insane. thing I could refer to? Yeah, yeah, and and that's what the torment of hell is supposed to do. It's supposed to drive you insane. Uh, okay, and that's then the God show... doesn't give you the opportunity to repent at any time. But well, you know, I, I think. I think if for whatever reason you can still keep your faculties after being tormented in hell and you finally do call to God, I think there's a good chance that you could be saved from hell because God is, you know, benevolent and he wants to save as many people as possible. But I think if your spirit is hard enough when you die, you'll never you'll never want to repent. You know what I mean? Well, they they assume the most "quote unquote" logical approach to it, which would be that uh, I'll just die, and that way it'll be over with. Because yeah. they still refuse the concept of spirituality whatsoever, and can't just be righted from their wrongs, even though they can be at any time, as long as they just, you know, okay, God, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. You know, and... that, that's all right. Okay, let's get going from here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyways, on the shape of the locusts, for anyone who is thinking this is uh, like still talking about locusts, which are, for anyone who doesn't know what a locust is, it's just a really large grasshopper, pretty much. It's from the same family, and they are very much uh, destructive animals when they get into a swarm. I mean, if you ever had grasshoppers, we have a lot of grasshoppers around here, and they just, well, we didn't this year. That's interesting. But uh, they just destroy the grass, the weeds, any garden you have. They just eat like crazy. I couldn't imagine if they were twice the size and there was even more of them because that's that's pretty much what a locust is. Locust swarms. That's nightmare fuel. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, go look it up online if you want to know what a locust swarm looks like and you've never seen one. It's... it's, uh, biblical <laughs> anyways yeah these it describes them as horses prepared for war so it doesn't necessarily mean they're horse-sized it means they are decked out in all their garb as ancient horses mounted soldiers would look they'd have their armor and their 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 you know battle colors dressed upon them and however that looks and then the crowns of gold which represents their authority and that is a very limited authority, as we heard. They're only allowed to torment people. They're not allowed to kill them, which is interesting. They have the faces like men's, which is interesting. This I actually have a personal story about. But they have faces like men because demons like to borrow faces of us. And back when I got baptized, it was just a little over a year and a half ago, the summer before last, I had this dream the night after I was baptized where I seen my face in the mirror and then all of a sudden it got really pale and then cracks and fissures came across it and my eyes became black and all of a sudden this this like demonic voice I could hear this demonic voice and it's like looking in a mirror and seeing yourself talking but you know you're not doing it and um it was just uh, the only thing I could say was it was Satan saying, "I will get you back." Now, was that I will get you back under my control, or was that I will torment you for you know 
turning away from me because before this, I always thought I was like Satan spawn. I was like, you know, reveling it up in all my evil and sin. And I was like the left hand man of the devil sort of you know, attitude, the bad boy sort of attitude. And it just felt like this was Satan recognizing that I had turned coat, you know, and he was pretty upset with that. And it's just, that was my personal story that when I heard Faces Like Men, I was like, oh, yeah, that is totally a real thing, you know? And that's part of the reason why I think they're demons, not locusts. And then they have long, woven hair and teeth like lions, and then the breastplates like iron, which this just sounds nothing. This sounds pretty large. I'm not sure how large, but... And then... Their wings make loud noises, which, you know, a swarm of locusts is pretty loud, but to be like chariots and horses and men rushing into battle is even louder than a locust swarm is. And I mean, locust swarms can be pretty loud, but just thousands upon thousands of men in all this ancient war machinery, pretty much, would make this cacophony unlike anything most people have heard. I mean, you can get an idea of it in the movies when you got those scenes where they have these big biblical battle scenes, you know, but beyond that. Uh, and then they have the stinger, like a, a stinger tail to torment people. And uh, that's interesting that they were already so, you know, awesome in how destructive they looked. Now they have this venomous tail on top of them. And then the final point is that uh, king, they have a king unlike locusts, which there is actually a Proverbs uh, 30.27 that says locusts have no king, and yet they march across the ground. So that's another point where this is probably not legit locusts. This is some sort of demonic army that's coming across the land. Right. Uh, and the, the greatest way... The reason why we're also we're like locust, 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 is well not only because it's in the scripture. The major driving point of a lot of this first section of Revelation is we remember John of Patmos. He's being he probably was brought to heaven with Jesus, and um, this is just the most accurate way he's describing things off of a first hand. What what the heck is this? So. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't have colorful language and thoughts like uh, World War Z, the zombies swarming across the the wall. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have that cultural the wall to Palestine. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have that cultural you know set of background where he has something else to compare it to. So the best thing exile, he compared so, to is, yeah, yeah, the best thing he compared to is a swarm of locusts, and which is kind of funny because back when he wrote this everyone would have understood that now we're like especially here in the united states where we don't have locusts or not as many not definitely not swarms of them we're like what, what is is it real locusts you know it's, it's really there's a, there's a disconnect there which it's well, i can tell you mm -hmm. okay so i can tell you i don't know if any of you guys are familiar with this but for a lot of people that Okay, that's probably too long of a talk to bring up, but I'll just I'll just let you know the term locust could literally mean that's like degrading them to a certain level of warrior. Uh, mm. You're no more useful than a locust. But these ones, I mean, these locusts are anyway. Um, yeah. And no, going it... back to your story too, um, just so we can get a move on. Uh, I really liked your story. I, I do think that. Um, you know, baptisms and all that. Anytime the presence of God is around someone who's basically infected with all of this is you're going to see a lot of those things surface, like, yeah. you know, basic peaceful action, baptizing, going to church, well, listening to worship and praise is going actually, to eradicate. Not, yeah. Not to, not to get on to uh, too much of a tangent, but baptism isn't necessarily the peaceful process most people think it is it is a uh, it's a declaration to the people around you on this plane but it is also a declaration of war against satan and his forces on the spiritual plane so uh my 
my pastor, I told him about it. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty common for someone who's about to get baptized or has been baptized to have this, you know, kind of demonic run in of some sort. So, yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah. you got to remember when you're, you're being baptized, you're being reborn in Jesus's name. So that's, that's, you're putting on Jesus's uniform and you're telling the demons of this world, Hey, I'm on his side, so that makes you an enemy combatant to the demons. You're not you're not a useful idiot. And I mean not to call unbelievers useful idiots, but it's just you you are taking a stand against the forces of evil. And we we've we've heard that before is that we do not fight the principalities of this world. We fight the principalities of the spirit world. Well, okay, sure. I, I meant more like the cleansing process. That's what I grew up with. But, I mean, that, that does elaborate on certain things for me that always have, you know, just listening to certain things they start talking about. And it's like, oh, what what did I sign up for again? And then it kind of hurts. But, no, I'm just kidding. Back to baptism isn't supposed to hurt. Other than the water yeah. getting up your nose, you're fine. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Plug your nose. <laughs> anyway, so quick note. Uh, Abaddon and Apollyon both mean uh, destruction or torment or perdition. So that's just a quick note on the leader of the locust. He is... Whether he's a king or not, right. Yeah, right. And what, what it, most people think is either Satan or his general that they're talking about there, which when you get into all that about Satan and his ilk, it's hard to differentiate between Satan and his generals. So anyways, uh, carrying on to the sixth trumpet and we have the altar, uh, the altar in the tabernacle is where the incense was burned and the blood was applied, uh, applied to the horns of the altar. And those horns that that he hears this voice from those horns, and uh, something else that I learned this this last week is that there's the feast of covering or the yeah the feast of covering which just happened uh, a few days ago. Uh, it was like Saturday, but anyways, the feast of covering, the blood that is applied year round to the horns of the altar is. Uh, a covering for people's sins and then once a year they would do a perfect offering in the scapegoat ritual where they would cover all those those blood uh, those blood purification rituals they'd cover that with the perfect sacrifice every year to erase the the record of sin from the altar and it's interesting that we're we're coming back to this altar, which in Jewish the old Jewish tradition was so important to the people in a way to repent and and turn back to God and make good for the sins that they committed. So here we're coming back to the throne room and the altar where we are continuing on with this this next set of woes. And the altar also is to send. God's people's prayers up to God. So, it's all about that. And then, the angels release. The four angels release. Again, uh, scholars think this is probably high-ranking angels uh, bound for specific... Uh, most people think they have the... Um, these are more bad angels that are being released. And I heard something about uh, Satan's forces are mostly free right now to do what they want but there's certain like high ranking of his generals as I'll continue to call them I guess uh, that are bound because the evil they will rot is so great that God isn't letting them do that until this time of reckoning so there is uh there is some of the devil's plans already frustrated right now that if when the end times come, God will pull off those chains, those locks, or whatever you want to think about as holding back these terrible uh, demons, fallen angels, that uh, could come from all this. The power of billions in prayer, I can tell you that. Yeah. So, and then the Euphrates. This is a really important uh, boundary in that time. 
Uh, it was a boundary of Babylon. It was a boundary of Rome. This The Euphrates is a centerpiece in many of the first sins and the rebellions of man. Uh, Tower of Babylon, the Garden of Eden, all these these times when man sins the Euphrates is in these stories sometime, and that'd be a, a fun thing to go over to see where Euphrates has shown up in Scripture and tie it all back to this point in the in the in Scripture, like we want to do with this podcast. And then we get to the army, and this this is I, I want to slow down a little bit here and really really get to you over what two hundred million riders is. Uh, the largest history or battle in history had only 2.2 million combined combatants, and that was the Battle of Stalingrad back in World War II. And the largest standing army during that time was 70, or of all the armies of that time, was 70 million soldiers. So I think today we might be close to 200 million soldiers on the earth, but this is like 200 million riders in one place. That's how big this army is. And it's, it's more than likely a demonic army because they move unlike humans. They, they sweep across the earth and just kill a third of the people, I believe a third of mankind. And, uh, they, there's no way even such a large army could do that logistically if it was a human army. So this is more than likely another demonic army. And this is the ones that have come to kill those who refuse to repent. So this yeah. is just, it's, yeah, it's go a figure on that. Yeah, it's just a massive, massive army. It's it's mind-boggling to think what 200 million men-like demons is like, you know? World War Z. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, and then uh, and Mankind's response, and even in this, there's, like, these terrible and awesome, you know, woes and, and just catastrophe, cataclysm, upheaval happening upon the earth there are still humans that refuse to repent they're so dug in their ways that they refuse to repent and you know it's kind of interesting to think about today we there's people who still refuse to repent even though we have heard so much about how this has been the like most stressful year ever for most people's lives and it's just they they complain and they they moan about how terrible this year has been and and they still refuse to repent there's still people who refuse to repent they don't they don't realize this like on a personal note this has not been a very bad year for me yeah sure i haven't been able to go out and do much but there's been a lot of good things that happened and i'm in agriculture so we've been working nonstop through all this whoa 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 so. slow your roll what? That's appreciation, I hear. I don't. I'm not really familiar with that concept. What is this appreciation? Well, it's my appreciation for what God has given me, and He's taken care of me through this turbulent times. And you know, part of part of doing this this podcast is helping share that peace that I have for knowing that no matter what happens, even if I die tomorrow, I know what's going to happen. I, I know where I'm going to go. I, I I have this covering from Jesus Christ, and it it gives me confidence in knowing that no matter how terrible or how how rough this life gets, there is something better coming. And yes, we've been in the fire and brimstone of it for a couple episodes now, but we will get to the Golden City. It is coming, promise me. And it is it is amazing, and I will gush over the minute details of what the city looks like because I love thinking and talking about New Jerusalem and what heaven will be like after the recreation and... I just get excited about this because this this goes beyond anything I ever seen when I was a kid. I very much had the same idea that, oh, heaven is you're floating on a cloud, you get in wings, and you play a harp, and you just sing to God all day. I was like, yeah, that sucks. 
but as I've studied Revelation and all the the prophets that talk about heaven and what it's like, I've grown this much more adult picture of what heaven is, and it's just so much more amazing than anything I could imagine doing in this world. It's, it's And I just want to share that with people, and that was my modus operandi for <coughs> doing this podcast, you know, and I just hope that I can share some of that with people. Righty. So, um, I mean, praise God with everything you just said. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what calling him to ministry that you have. That's just putting in, you know, your own sense of piety with that as well. Mm. But, um, well, do you have anything else to add? Any last minute questions before we wrap all this up? Uh, okay. So, well, the only thing I was slightly still confused about was, okay, so we know that they didn't repent and they're being uh, the people of mankind. We know they didn't repent. We know that they're being attacked. And by what you gave a pretty accurate description of what it could be. Um, just to let you know, I'm going to throw in a little side theory. Um, some people do compare this entire passage right here and summarize it up to be something sci-fi like where they're like, yeah, but they had breastplates of iron and all that. Um, they summarize all these demons, these locusts, whatever, uh-huh. to be like machines, actual machines. And I, I think that Myers had a good point when he was saying, you know, biblically speaking, though, of what we can gather on what would be more accurate would be that these could be, you know, these are manifestations, physical manifestations, I guess is what I'm getting to my point is. I like your take on how they're they're actual physical demons. Yeah. yeah but that and... doesn't mean that demonic forces are going to wait until the rapture to be able to attack on a level like this. Spiritually, we do have angels and demons very prevalent in our own lives. And um, I don't think it's always so unique as to like, well, I have my own angel or I have my own demon. Um, Granted, I mean, I guess it's possible that you might, but you got to think about the fact that, you know, those forces are everlasting as well as, you know, the rest of the universe, God's spirituality is. And I, you know, I just take, I, I beg the question, but I also pardon with people just to stay safe. I mean, this is a hard time we're going through, right? It's just all I'm saying. I, I, I I've had some weariness on my mind over uh, not only who our wonderful listeners are, but as well as for a lot of people lately on how spiritually, Maybe we're putting politics first before spirituality, before faith. And it's causing a lot of destruction out there. And I don't want anyone feeling like they need to be succumbing to this or falling into a pit that they can't return from all over something super simple. But, you know, they let that demonic force in for emotional agitation or anger or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and while you're saying that, it kind of brought up something. Uh, if if you guys who are listening ever want to talk, don't feel like our email is just for you know sending in questions about the show. If you want to talk to someone about this 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 struggle of spirituality and faith, and you want someone to walk beside with that, please feel free to call out to us through our email, through Facebook. However, if if you need a brother in Christ to walk through you the through the tough times with you, I am more than happy to do that. And don't let the dark one in your life pull you down over lies, you know? And if if you ever feel like you need to reach out to us, our email is open. You can you can talk to us about your life or anything to do with the podcast for that matter. It's not just got to be all podcast related. So I I want to leave that door open in case anyone is having these kinds of struggles that we all face on a day-to-day basis, because like Chris said, demons are real. They are, they are attacking us from the spiritual realm 
on a daily basis, and it's just prevalent if you look at the news that this is happening. People are animated by a spirit of hostility that is is just unnatural, and uh, I so. And given the face, given the face of peace and prosperity, when when <laughs> okay, but you know, you know, the devil presents himself. His demons take after the devil, right? And they could present themselves in ever so many ways. And I don't want anyone to be confused on what is good or bad anymore because, you know, just, yeah, because the next person over there is doing it or maybe you got slightly agitated and it ends up being a, uh, your own cataclysmic event in your personal life. I, I, I don't like seeing that and I'm seeing it too often. And um, JD actually has a good point for um, closing out on our episode is... Let's not forget God and our ways, you know, from the, so let's not forget God by the time that whichever the pandemic is over or we move on to the next subject in humanity, we need to keep true to his will and ourselves and as well as the word of the, of the Bible instead of, well, more or less ourselves, you know, we need to be staying on track with God, no matter what happens as a result from this, as, um, you know, whatever happened leading up to this, whatever you gained from this spiritually, by the way, too, all power to you. You know what I mean? During this episode of 2020 or for however long it's been going on in your life, keep true to the word, keep true to God's will as you recognize it, or as you may need to seek help in recognizing it by going to a church or something. Stay true to it. It's going, it's nothing but a rewarding thing. It's never going to be nothing per se, but you know, it'll be everything. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that brother. So I'll, I'll wrap us up then. So thank you for listening to the revelation on demand podcast. Please like share and subscribe wherever you catch podcasts from, please. If you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from your church. This is a completely private venture. We receive no funding from any sources. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, please feel free to contact me at revelation on demand at gmail.com. That is Revelation on demand at gmail.com. You will find it in the description. God bless and see you next time.